you. Thank you, Monique. It's good to see you again and good to see everyone here. Um, it's always good to hear your voice, Monique, knowing, of course, my mind goes to your mom, <laughs> Ramona, one of my dear colleagues and friends. Uh, yeah, good morning to everyone. It's been a while since I've been here. And we're going to jump right into the meditation and have a little bit of time at the end of the meditation uh, before getting into the talk, uh, the reflections, and then we'll have some time for some Q&A year-round. Okay. So to start with the meditation, actually, well, I, I should say the object of this meditation or the object of meditation in general ultimately is... is um technically less important um or the object of the meditation is less important than the relationship with the object so with that being uh, bringing some curiosity and kindness and tenderness and gentleness as best you can to the meditation is what's really important um it is important to cultivate the resting of attention on an object being whether that's the breath or body or sounds or thoughts it's resting there and knowing clearly where and how it feels. So as you're ready, I invite you to come into presence as best you can. And finding in your posture a balance, perhaps between relaxation and ease, between uprightness and alertness, um, gently closing the eyes unclenching the jaw, lowering the shoulders, soften the belly as you can, an inner smile never hurts, just having a sense of what the attitude in the mind is right now. And see if you can let your attention open to any sounds, open to sounds to really bring in this sense of openness and receptivity. Um, Connect and rest in any sounds could be the hum or current of something in your background, something electric, the computer, um, sounds from outside. Maybe it's the silence from inside the headphones, could be the sound of my voice. So just for a moment, just connecting with sound. And now connect with any sensations that are rising and passing in the body. Perhaps that's noticing a, a softening or a spreading, a tightness. It's noticing warmth. It's noticing coolness, tingling, numbness, whatever sensations are present. Really connecting with the body, sitting or the body lying down or standing. So connecting with the body, getting a sense of the breathing expanding and contracting perhaps like a balloon. Or maybe that's connecting with the warm or cool air of the nostrils, the rise and fall of air at the chest or the belly. So whatever it is that you connect with in that way, settle into a steady knowing of that experience moment after moment. We sit and know that we are sitting. We stand and know that you are standing. If lying down, lie down and know that you're lying down. So connect in that way for a few moments.
Of course, other experiences may come in that naturally will draw your attention. Let that experience become the new focus of mindful awareness. Doing so with a receptive, almost listening posture, curious, gentle, with tenderness and compassion as best we can. And if you find it easier to stay with the breath or to be with the breath or sounds, then do that. Just know the skillful means of finding the breath and resting there if confused or resting in sensations of the body, resting in sounds happening. Just know the skillful means of resting in awareness, allowing whatever to come and go. Just sit and know you're sitting. drowsiness is there, then one of two things will happen. One, you can rest gracefully and peacefully on the earth. Two, sometimes it's helpful to slightly open the eyes and close them or open them a little bit wider if they're already open. Adjust the posture. Know that drowsiness or sleepiness is present. Occasionally, it's helpful to count breaths even, breathing in, breathing out, silently counting one, breathing in, breathing out, counting two. So counting up to five and back down again can bring a little energy to the mind.
course, when the mind wanders, we can't always gently with kindness and tenderness come back to the breath, the breath and the body, a sense of the whole body sitting, expanding and contracting, the breath is there, or warm or cool air at the nostrils, rise and fall at the chest or the belly. We can come back to sounds in the environment, come back to sensations coming and going, arising, a passing in the body.
Devin, you are muted right now. For these last few moments, I invite you to shift to your heart center from this place of embodied presence. Shifting to your heart, heart center as, as you can and as you know it for yourself. And from this place of, of gentle stillness that follows our shared silence, let us take in or know a blessing infused with metta and karuna, loving kindness and compassion that reaches through the ages to touch the spirits of ancestors whose whispers and cries we carry in our hearts. With deep compassion, we acknowledge the shared humanity and enduring spirit of all peoples, of the Palestinian and Israeli peoples, uh, those whose histories are woven with threads of great sorrow and hope. And in this sacred space, we affirm with clarity and love, I am for the liberation of all peoples, standing wholeheartedly for and with all peoples, standing for the right to be free. And as we draw breath, infused with the wisdom of the past, we recognize the immense cost of conflict, the deaths and multitude of lives dimmed by war and chaos, by genocide. And may the collective energies of our meditations, of our actions, of our unwavering commitment to peace, honor each sacred life lost. Let us sit and stand united in our desire to protect to hold dear lives now and in the future, embracing our kinship with all who have suffered, embracing our kinship with all who have suffered. In our hearts, we carry this solemn promise to honor this legacy by cultivating compassion, by nurturing the seeds of understanding, coexistence, advocacy, actions that may they blossom into a a tree, a canopy of peace under which future generations can thrive. May our actions reflect this promise, a testament to the power of metta and karuna to transcend boundaries of, to transcend boundaries and heal deep wounds. May the lives lost, the deaths, lives once taken by strife be honored, not just in remembrance, but in the very fabric of a future woven with strands of freedom and respect. Together, let us sit and stand as a beacon of hope and healing, reconciliation and restitution, guardians of the sacred that guide us towards a world where every breath is an affirmation of life's sanctity and where every step a stride towards liberation. May the merits of this practice be a benefit to all beings without exception. for your practice. Hmm. Let's see here. Okay. So good morning, everyone. Good morning to those of you who are just joining us. Are you able to hear me clearly? Let me know. Just give me a thumbs up. Okay, so I'm going to, well, you'll see, it'll be in there. So the Dhamma teaches us to approach every situation with a heart of compassion and a mind of equanimity. And it's always a 
It's a work in progress, right? It's a practice. We call it a practice. And our practice is to see the suffering all the way around and to extend our healing energies and fierce compassion and loving kindness without boundaries. So with that, um, today we gather to contemplate the profound teachings of the five recollections, or you may know them as the five remembrances from Thich Nhat Hanh community, which is where I first learned them. And these are not just concept, just not just concepts, but actually living truths that unfold within the experience of our daily life, both in the um, chaos, the, the cacophony of chaos and the serenity of peace and the ebb and flow of love and relationships um, against the backdrop of creation and destruction. And as we sit together, let us acknowledge the Noble Eightfold Path as our compass. This is the basis of our practice, the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. And this is what supports us through the complexities of existence in this lifetime with mindfulness and compassion. So really this journey into the heart of the Dhamma, you know, just may trouble the waters, looking at something like these uh, five recollections as these recollections tend to remind us of realities, of truths that are ever-present, yet often are challenging to face. And they invite us to practice, they invite us into a practice that's as much about confronting discomfort as it is about embracing each moment with awareness. So I invite you to practice deep listening as you explore these reflections that I offer with an open heart knowing that the meditative process itself is an act of courage, a step towards liberation that is our collective birthright. So we were instructed by the Buddha to revisit and anchor ourselves in the timeless wisdom of these five remembrances, these five recollections of what the Buddha also called these five subjects for contemplation and to do so on a regular basis. So I invite you to, to take these in and sit with them for a moment. And I will read them actually several times over the course of these reflections. So you will, so you will um, be able to take them in as you can. And it's, it's, it's actually intentional that I'm not sharing a screen with you and having them there. They're, they're meant initially to be um, heard and reflected on that way. And, and you catch the pieces that you catch and you sit with those. And so I'll read... Um, a couple different versions, actually, but I'll start with this. I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. All that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. These verses are from what we know as the Upajatana, Upajatana Sutta, or the five subjects for contemplation. And they land on both familiar and unfamiliar ears, I'm sure, as, a, 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 as somber revelations, and maybe even what passes, you know, in today's culture as some seriously depressing bad news. And yet, in their essence, these are the great ways to true freedom. They're direct clear, concise, and compassionate. And at various times, so these five remembrances, and I, you will hear me say five remembrances or five recollections interchangeably, these five recollections have become part of my morning practice routine for a few months of the year. I try to say them um, before I sit and I say them before I go to bed, um, before I look at my phone, before I start doom scrolling any news or sports or anything else that I may be doing. Now, I'm sure for some that uh, making a morning mantra of these verses is akin to waking up with some just gloomy, sad-ass playlist that's just on repeat, you know, right? Imagine just greeting the day of the sun with a, a 
a funeral dirge, a, a somber tune. And yet, I think it's actually ironic and a little bit funny at times at how these five recollections can be the very tunes that harmonize this chaotic human symphony, this chaotic human existence. Exploring these teachings, I found a rhythm that not only resonates with my day, but also highlights the contradictions of our shared human experiences, some of the quirks of our shared human experiences. So while it might seem like an odd choice of a morning melody, a mantra, if you will, the Buddha advised in this sutta that there are these five facts that one should reflect on often, whether one is um, a, a, a lay practitioner or, or an, an ordained practitioner. So again, I am of the nature or I am sure, this is a different version, I am sure to become old, I cannot avoid aging. I am sure to become ill, I cannot avoid illness. I am sure to die, I cannot avoid death. I must be separated and parted from all that is dear and beloved to me. I am the owner of my actions, heir of my actions. Actions are the womb from which I have sprung. Actions are my relations. Actions are my protection. Whatever actions I do, good or bad, of these I shall become the heir. These recollections are facts. They are truths. This isn't Devin telling you something to believe in or something that you are to take on a leap of faith. These five remembrances serve to motivate us to practice right here and right now. Acknowledging and accepting life's difficulties all wrapped in a container of fierce compassion and topped with a bow of kindness. As they become internalized in chanting them and saying them again and again, they become a touchstone, a constant reminder of the aging body, the aging body and mind, a touchstone that doesn't hinge on something I say or that another says. It's a reminder that just makes it plain. It's a touchstone that doesn't deceive. It doesn't delude. It doesn't defer. There's no judgment. There's no story. There's no complaint. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. I am of the nature to grow old. There's no way to escape growing old. I am of the nature to have ill health. There's no way to escape having ill health. I am of the nature to die. There's no way to escape death. All that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There's no way to escape being separated from them. My actions are my, own, are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. So diving a little deeper into the essence of these, this I am of the nature to grow old, I cannot escape old age, right? In a society that often we glorify youth and um, really are always in this place of trying to break the spell of aging, and dread all of the marks of time, all the ta time stamps of the journey. This one is a clear and gentle reminder of the inevitability, the inevitable dance of life. Agingism isn't a mistake. It's not a flaw. Again, it's not a mistake. It's not a flaw. It's a testament to our journey, to um, our experiences, and to the wisdom that we've garnered and gathered. It's natural, it's lawful, it's universal. We are the nature to grow old and cannot escape old age. Whether we live in times of peace or chaos, aging is a universal truth. And by reflecting on this, sometimes we can be reminded of, or we remind ourselves of the brevity of life. And should we spend this time, should we spend this fleeting time in animosity, separating, moving further apart, 
or should we seek understanding and compassion? Coming back to that again and again can be a helpful thing. Supportive. I am of the nature to grow ill. I cannot escape sickness. So this one, of course, right? No matter the marvels of modern medicine, institutional, naturopathic, homeopathic, whatever our diligent health routines are, our bodies are not invincible. They decay. They deteriorate. They break down. See me walking down the street. I got a little, a little, 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 little brace on my wrist. I got a little thing on my knee. Ice my knee at the end of the night. If you get me on a hike, I need Epsom salt, the bath. <laughs> this recollection asks us to cherish our health, to be compassionate with ourselves and others when illness strikes, and to recognize the fragility and preciousness of this human form. And I was reflecting on this just in looking at some of the things that are you know, going on in the world, in the news. And just as our bodies are susceptible to illness, our societies and relationships can also become diseased with hatred and intolerance. And yet, just as illness reminds us of our vulnerabilities, societal upheavals should remind us of the urgent need for advocacy, for action, for healing, for reconciliation. I am of the nature to die. I am of the nature to die. I cannot escape death. I think perhaps the most profound of all of them, this serves as a, as a wake-up call. I always feel like it asks us to live with purpose, to live with vision, to appreciate each fleeting moment, and to... Cultivate, to really, to cultivate an intimate relationship with impermanence. This isn't permanent. This package, this incarnation isn't permanent. It isn't always here. I am of the nature to die. I cannot escape death. In the face of, of and to put it on a, on, on a global lens or, or, or an external lens, in the face of escalating tensions and war, genocide, countless lives are lost. And the shadow of death is a grim reminder of the cost of conflict. But, but when we reflect on the inevitability of death, it should not push us to despair, but rather to motivate us to value life more and to value direct actions and behaviors and practices and modalities that promote peace. I will be separated from everything and everyone I hold dear. So these are the attachments, as comforting as they may be, are temporary. And this doesn't diminish the joy and love that we experience, but invites us to love more deeply without the clinging, knowing that every meeting has its parting. This emphasizes the need to appreciate and hold dear our connections, to be a refuge and a lamp while bridge building, while truth telling, while loving. It reminds us sometimes of a heartbreaking, bitter truth. My only true possession is my actions. So this is the grounding truth amidst the materialism of our times, our deeds and intentions and the ripples that they create in the universe are the only true legacies that we leave behind. Every thought, word, deed has its consequences. And the chaos that we witness 
globally is often the result of accumulated actions. And by understanding that we are the architects of our fate, individually and collectively, maybe we become empowered to sow the seeds of, of peace, compassion, of understanding. Now the first uh, the first three of these truths, the ones having to do with old age, sickness, and death, this is what drove the Buddha to become the Buddha. These were the central wake-up calls of his life before he woke up. And the last two, all that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change, this is about impermanence. And there's something that I've always appreciated that Pema Chodron, Dharma teacher, um, would offer that impermanence is a principle of harmony. When we don't struggle against it, we are in harmony with reality. It doesn't mean we're going to like it. It doesn't mean we're going to love it. It just means that impermanence is a principle of harmony. When we don't struggle against it, we are in harmony with reality. There's no way to escape being separated from. Well, this one is certainly what we call dukkha and unsatisfactory, right? Everything is going to change. Nothing is ever going to stay as I wish it would, as I need it to be, as I think it should be. I can't keep the perfect thing. I can't keep anything. It points to what I do matters. And so the aspiration and intention is to practice and live like it does. Now, each of these recollections, while uh, oftentimes triggering to people and, and appearing somber, really are these beacons um, guiding us towards a life of mindfulness, towards a life of gratitude, towards a life of purpose. They're not meant to dampen our spirits, but to enlighten the path, urging us to live with depth, to live with openness, and to act with intention. We can't obviously control what uh, everyone else does. Sometimes we can have a difficult time, challenging time, controlling what we do. But we can live with depth, we can live with openness, and we can act with intention. The Buddha, from the Buddha's teachings, right? And so all of this is being, is being said from, from the teachings, from the perspectives of this practice. So if you're not in this practice, if you're not, then, of course, this could all mean something else. The Buddha teaches us that it's not wise to pretend otherwise. There are no alternatives or other options. We are all of this. We are all going to lose what we have if we ever had it. And like the seasons change, the trees that grow leaves, the leaves turn and fall and grow again, we are also all of this nature. We're not separate from. We will all become otherwise and it's not a mistake. It's a, this, these five recollections, these five remembrances are a brief, honest look at the truth of the way things are. It's an encouragement, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, to keep our appointment with life, to enjoy the time we have, to recall the joys and the sorrows we have known. It's encouragement to not deceive ourselves, to deceive yourself about the nature of your life. It's integrating them into whatever you choose to do with life. The actions you choose to take will come from a place of integrity and transparency. There no, there's no need to become otherwise when we are intimate with the present moment. This is the truth and nothing but the truth. I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. All that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. 
most important is the fact that these five recollections in their profound simplicity serve as an entryway to the teachings of the Noble Eightfold Path. We can consider them to be these foundational stones grounding us in the realities of existence. By internalizing the truths, we become primed to navigate the path of wise view, wise understanding, because we've confronted the very core of human existence. They instill in us the importance of wise intention by emphasizing the weight of our actions. They echo the need and the encouragement for wise speech, for wise action, and wise livelihood as they remind us of the transient nature of life and the lasting impact of our deeds. In acknowledging the inescapable realities of aging, of sickness, and death, we naturally begin to incline towards wise effort, wise mindfulness, and a gathered mind, seeking a balanced and focused mind to meet these truths with equanimity, with balance. These five remembrances are a compass pointing us directly towards the deeper waters of the Noble Eightfold Path, guiding us on our journey towards love and liberation. Let's sit with these subjects for contemplation for just another few moments. Let's see if you can take them in one more time. And I'll sound a bell at the end of each. I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. All that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. Thank you, family, for listening to the reflections on the Buddha's Dhamma, on these five recollections, these five remembrances. I can take a little time to have a few, yeah, there's a, a few minutes for, if there's comments or questions about them related to the, related to the reflections, related to your own practice. I'm always curious how this lands for folks. How, how it lands with you. Um, yeah, it's a, a, a teaching that isn't often isn't often given. Um, yeah, can be hard 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 truths for for some to hear and and to take in. And these are foundational teachings that are actually at the at the beginning of the path. It's. Um, to be in contention with these five or to not uh, come to understand or know these five deeply, you can't actually know the, the Four Noble Truths or the Noble Eightfold Path. It's, it's, it's not possible. It's, it's, it's not possible. They're just, I mean, these are simply, these are five factual truthful things that, 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 that happen, that are going to happen to all of us.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.